You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries. On today's edition... I need you to understand that although judgment is counting down and it is pending for every man, woman, boy, and girl, that God has made a pre-announcement for the specific purpose that you might turn to Him before it's too late. That God is gracious. That the Bible says it is not His will that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. Jonah's message to Nineveh was that judgment was coming in 40 days. God gave him that message to proclaim in hopes that perhaps the people would repent. And as Pastor Gary teaches today, God has that message for all of humanity now as well. Throughout his word, God warns of the coming judgment for sin. He tells you this in order that all would turn to him believe and come to repentance. He doesn't want you to perish. You still have the opportunity to receive him before judgment comes. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Jonah chapter 3 as he begins his message, Countdown to Judgment. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, Go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. For word, for word came unto the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne And he laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. Now you know you're on a serious fast when you don't even let your pets eat or drink or your livestock. Verse 8, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell If God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger, that we perish not. And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. 
Now look with me, verse 4, one more time. Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Today I'm going to preach to you with God's help on this thought, Countdown to Judgment. The Bible said that Jesus came not into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. But it also said, he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. The truth is, unless you are in Christ, judgment is just a matter of time. You're already under condemnation. You're already found guilty before God. And you are only pending judgment. People need to understand that God isn't going to try to sort it out and figure it out on judgment day who's getting in and who's not and who's just and who isn't. For he tries the souls of men during their lifetime and keeps perfect record and will know assuredly where you stand with him. And he already knows before you ever breathe your last breath. And I'm looking here at this verse and it's interesting to me that though God is declaring judgment upon this people, he gives them fair warning. It's interesting to me that he did not say in Jonah chapter 3, if ye repent, ye will be spared. He only said, get ready, judgment is coming. There was something about this king's reasoning, I believe, that caused him to think that there might be a chance that God would change his mind. I imagine if I were this heathen king, I would think to myself, if judgment surely is coming, and it is in fact going to happen regardless, then why would God even take the time to give me a 40-day warning? If there's no chance of hope, if there's no chance of turning the wrath of God away from me, why would he give me a 40-day notice? I personally believe this is the reason that he thought to himself, perhaps if I turn in my heart to him, he will give me a chance and spare our city the judgment that is coming. In like fashion, I need you to understand that although judgment is counting down, and it is pending for every man, woman, boy, and girl, that God has made a pre-announcement for the specific purpose that you might turn to Him before it's too late. That God is gracious. That the Bible says it is not His will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that's why you need to thank God that you have a preacher that will tell you that except you repent, you will perish. Because away with those preachers that want to tickle your fancy, that want to just make you feel better about your choices, 
instead of challenging you to look into the mirror of God's holy word that will hold you accountable for your wicked deeds. Amen. Uh, We need to learn who to appreciate today. We need to appreciate it when God gives us fair warning because he is giving us an opportunity to turn from our sin and turn to him for forgiveness and hope. Somebody say amen. We are living in what I would describe as a countdown to judgment. Nineveh was given 40 days. We do not know what we are given, but we do know that there is still, if you are breathing today, and since Christ has not returned in a second coming yet, you do know that you have an opportunity to receive him before judgment arrives. Studying the scriptures, the number 40 is mentioned 146 times. And the number 40 generally symbolizes a period of testing, trial, or probation. During Moses' life, he lived 40 years in Egypt and 40 years in the desert before God instructed him to lead his people out of slavery. Moses was also on Mount Sinai for 40 days and nights on two separate occasions receiving God's laws. He also sent spies for 40 days to investigate the land that God promised the Israelites as an inheritance. Furthermore, the prophet Elijah went 40 days without food or water on Mount Horeb. Jesus was tempted by the devil, not just three times, but many times during the 40 days and nights that he fasted just before his earthly ministry took off. He also appeared to his disciples and others 40 days after his resurrection from the dead. God flooded the earth by having it rain for 40 days and nights. The prophet Ezekiel laid on his right side for 40 days to symbolize Judah's sins in the book of Ezekiel. The prophet Jonah, as we read, powerfully warned ancient Nineveh for 40 days that its destruction would come because of its many sins. And I would like to say this, the Bible was written by 40 different people. Those called of God now are under probation or judgment based on how they live by every word of God. And today you need to understand that it might not be 40 days, but symbolically we are in countdown to judgment. And it is imperative that every one of us know that we shall give account of ourselves to the Lord. I want to notice three things quickly out of our text, out of Jonah chapter number three. Look at verse one again. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. Number one, God don't stutter. Somebody say amen. 
God came back to Jonah the second time saying the same thing that he said the first time. The gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. That is, God has his mind made up because he can't plan uh, wrongly. He can't think wrongly. He can't make a statement wrongly. So he always gets it right the first time. And if he calls you, he has not made a mistake. Uh, and you can run if you want to, Jonah, but God is going to be hot on your heels saying the same thing he said when you started running and if he speaks again he's going to say the same thing that he said when you started dodging and avoiding and I want to say to those that have not yet received Christ as your savior that God has not changed his mind because you've thrust your fist in his face. God still loves you. God still is chasing after you while there's hope and while there's breath in your body and while there's time before judgment God is still calling you to salvation and there is hope for you, and you need to understand that God does not stutter, and he said it right the first time, and you think, why would God be interested in somebody like me? But God is perfect in all of his ways, and all of his endeavors, and God's appetites are pure, and if he has told you he wants you, you can rest assured he wants you today as much as he did the first time he spoke to you. And many today are running from God thinking that they can change God's mind about his call to salvation on their life. Oh, surely God don't want me after all that I have done and after who I am, and, and God would never forgive me. I, I sadly remember a gentleman, uh, I, I won't call his name, but I worked with him for several years, uh, and uh, he uh, was one of our Vietnam veterans that we loved so much, and, and he didn't tell me the details, but uh, he was forced to do things over there in that war that any civilized human being would uh, have nightmares for the rest of their life having to participate in and he told me and he looked me in my eyes and said preacher God would never forgive me for what I've done and I don't know if he ever gave his heart and life to Jesus, but you can bet your bottom dollar that day he heard the good news. That day he heard that, yes, Jesus loves even you, and Jesus will forgive even you. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And God didn't stutter. Amen. And you need to quit disqualifying people from being able to receive the grace of God because his grace is rich unto all that call upon him. And we need to give him glory that he meant what he said and he said what he meant. Amen. Oh, I'm glad for the day that he saved me by his grace. I didn't think he'd forgive me. But he didn't stutter. <laughs> Woo, I'm glad I found out that he meant exactly what he said. And I fit in that whosoever category. Amen. Mm, the Bible said in Psalm chapter 119 and verse number 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 5 says, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Again, Psalm chapter 119 and verse 89, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. And even Jesus said three times in Matthew 24, 
24, in Mark 13, and in Luke 21. I know he may have said it once, but it was recorded in three different gospels with the exact wording. It's one of the rare moments you'll find all three gospels quoting Jesus verbatim, word for word, without a little bit of personality variation. And what was it that Jesus said? He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. God don't stutter, and he loves even you. Call on him while he's near today. Mm -mm. And if God's calling you to service, he ain't changed his mind. You better get up and get going. God... It's sure and steadfast in his word and his declaration over your life. You best be about your father's business. Not only do we learn that God don't stutter, but as a preacher, I must tell you, just like Jonah, look at verse number, verse number two. Arise, God says to Jonah, he says, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it, watch your Bibles, the preaching that I bid thee. God is telling Jonah, say exactly what I tell you to say and nothing more and nothing less. This is not your message. This is my message. You're just the mailman. Number two, as a preacher, you must understand not only this, that God don't stutter, but I, as his messenger, cannot stray from his message. Many today want to hire a Balaam to speak soft words to them, to speak softly and kindly to them. Really what they want is a positive thinker and a, and a motivator, a motivational speaker in their pulpits. Really what they want is somebody that will make them feel better about themselves and their life and not call out their sin and just be positive and uplifting and all of this stuff. Uh, but I got news for you. That would be dramatically out of balance with the Word of God. Uh, yes, there's some good things and there's some wonderful things and there's some uplifting things in the Word of God, but there's also some things that will rebuke you. There's also some things that will call you out on the carpet with the Holy God. There are also some things that you need to be aware of. And if I'm worth my salt as a preacher, I'll preach the whole counsel of God and tell you everything God said and not just the parts that I think you'll like. And if you know what's good for you, you'll thank God for the preacher that doesn't stray from what it is that God said. Can I get an amen? I can't stray. Second T Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2 admonishes the young preacher and any preacher for that matter, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. And listen to this. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Two-thirds negative, one-third positive. Woo! My, 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 my. Would you just look at this right here? And we want a preacher that'll tickle our fancy, don't we? Amen. Uh, but we need, God help us, for some preachers to rise up uh, with some Holy Ghost backbone. Amen. Uh, and that will declare what the Word of God said as it said it, as it's read, and not try to twist it, and not try to uh, do biblical uh, uh, gymnastics to try to make it say something that it's not saying, uh, but read it as it is to a people as they are, and let God be God and every man a liar. 
I cannot stray. It said, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And I got to tell you, as a God-called preacher, I cannot participate in that kind of a plan. I cannot cooperate with those that are looking for teachers with itching ears that'll say what they want them to say. And, and God help the pastor that gets himself in a church that he doesn't, that he's not aware that they have plans on molding him and making him into the likeness of their image, into the likeness of their philosophy. God help you, preacher, to stand up with boldness if it means it's your last sermon in that church. You better preach the word of God unadulterated. You better preach to God with authority and you let God be God and you let the chips fall where they may, but we cannot stray from the purity of God's word. Bible said they shall be turned away. Uh, they'll turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. And that's where we're at today. Oh, they'd rather hear a fairy tale than to hear the, uh, the God honest truth. Amen. They'd rather hear a, a story than to hear something that will call them to repentance. They'd rather hear a motivational speech than to say, thou art the man, get right with God or face the consequences. But I'm here to tell you today that we still serve a holy God. And yes, grace is free, but it cost him his own son's blood. And God does not take lightly those who trample underfoot the blood of the Lord Jesus. Christ and I'm telling you that you have an hour of grace in your life today but if you don't take advantage during this judgment countdown of the opportunity to repent and turn to him there'll come a day that you wish you could repent but it'll be too late and today he offers himself as your savior but tomorrow he's going to stand before you as king of kings and lord of lords and judgment of all the earth and those whose names are not found written in the lamb's book of life shall be cast into the lake of fire where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, where the worm dieth not, where the fire is not quenched, and where the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever and ever. And you need to know, yes, God loves you, but that love is extended to you only when you put your faith in Jesus, having turned from your sins and given your life to him. It's not an automatic guarantee, and you need to know right now that before judgment, there's hope, but after judgment, there is none. And I cannot stray from that, and I cannot. How do you soften the news of hell? I like what one preacher said. We have preached with such weakness, something like this. I'll say it in my words. We have preached such a watered-down gospel that we preach an air-conditioned hell. And we're afraid to preach on the subject because it's uncomfortable and that visitors may not come back and keep preaching like that. Well, this might be their one chance to hear the truth. And I want to preach a kind of message that if they never come back, that message will preach to them till they breathe their last breath. Because it's not what goes on right here and right now in this physical church building. It's what the Word of God does after it's planted in your heart. 
We've got to ask God to give us the kind of sermons that stick with us, no matter where we go and try to hide, that God will begin to work on us. Amen. Uh, and it don't matter if we avoid church. Amen. It don't matter if we run as far away from God. Uh, there's something we can't shake. Amen. I, I remember my pastor, Brother Bruce Freeman, uh, preaching years ago about his testimony. He said he was, uh, I think he was trying to sell a car to this individual, and he's a preacher. Uh, and this preacher quoted the scripture about the Lord uh, shall return with a shout with the, the voice of a trumpet uh, and, the, and all of that. And he was preaching on the end times. And Brother Bruce said uh, he went home and he couldn't shake that scripture from his mind. Uh, and the Holy Ghost began to preach to him every day uh, with that verse that was planted in his heart. Uh, and eventually he had to cave under the pressure of the wooing of the Holy Ghost of God and give his life to the Lord. Uh, I have one chance with some uh, to preach the honest God truth to them. Uh, and God help me if I cower under the pressure of political expectation of church religious expectation God help me to give them the truth if I only do it one time so that the Holy Ghost can preach to them for the rest of their life until at last they fall under the surrenders of the Lord Jesus Christ Today's teaching is coming to an end but you don't have to stop studying God's word here at True North, we encourage all of our listeners to dive into Scripture regularly on your own. As you do, ask the Holy Spirit to guide your reading and reveal God's truth to you. Thanks for joining Pastor Gary Cottle today for True North. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a new edition. If you'd like to learn more about True North or Pastor Gary, visit GaryCottle.com. Would you like to plan a visit to worship and study the Bible with Pastor Gary? You can find all the information you need about where he pastors and how you can visit at GaryCoddle.com. If you're not in the area, we do encourage you to find and begin attending a Bible-teaching church near you. Find a family of faith that you can invest in and who will encourage you in your own walk with the Lord. If you have any questions or would like to find out how you can support Gary Cottle Ministries and True North, please reach out to Pastor Gary. He can be reached at contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. That's all for today. Join us next time for more right here on True North.